Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, and today I'm joined by Carl oh. and special guest Sarah Garvey. Me. <laughs> I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, I am Sarah Garvey. They call me a social commentator and general person who ruffles people's feathers. Um, which is why you're here. Which is why I'm here. I don't pander to anyone. I'm very individualistic and gets me a lot of followers and a lot of haters at the same time. So yeah, that's me. That's me. That's who I am. The only way to live, really. Yeah, I'm trying. But anyway, today we'll be talking about uh, what is white privilege. MPs are in fear for their lives, and the current thing is getting people killed. But I have a couple of announcements to make as well, which is, firstly, Cameron Robinson, his show, Common Sense Crusade, will be back tomorrow. So, oh no, it's this afternoon. No, it's today. Yes. Why am I in charge of dates? I anyway. have no idea. <laughs> Just look at a calendar, Callum. Yeah, no. For once. Anyway, so 3, 3 p.m. So after this, go and get some tea and biscuits and come back at 3 p.m. UK time and enjoy Calvin. Uh, show. Otherwise, I have one more announcement to make, which is Lads Hour, of course, uh, is moved to Friday. So tomorrow, actually tomorrow, there will be Lads Hour at uh, 3 p.m. UK time. And we'll be discussing whether or not uh, things are left and right wing. This has been a long time. Yeah. I just want to tell you about this because it's funny. It's this uh, Czech president. And mm -hmm. uh, because he runs the Czech Republic, he gets mm -hmm. bored. So he just makes up this theory. You about can't say that. How do you know that? Go ahead. Uh, because he said because it. Because of this theory. Oh, he said it? Oh, okay. <laughs> he said it himself. It was like, there's not enough to do. Nah. So um, a Czech guy we used to work with uh, told us about it. And what he did is he sat down and decided what things were left and right wing in the same way that things have genders in like French. He just decided. Yeah. yeah. So for example, dogs are right wing, cats are left wing. So we're going to go through a whole bunch of stuff. I see. Wow. It's not wrong though, is it? Wow. But anyway, this has been a long time coming. That's it? funny. But, uh, let's, let's get into the first topic, which is what is white privilege? So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, I wanted to actually bring it up with you, Carl, right? Because I watched you and Zuby. And I watched a conversation between you and Zuby, which um, there were some things that I disagreed on. Um, you were talking about white supremacy. You were talking about white privilege. And I think that when it comes to white supremacy and white privilege, I think that a lot of people are confused about what it is. Okay. And sometimes it is rubbished. And there's like a theme that I have that it's schizophrenic and bipolar at the same time. So white supremacy, white privilege, whatever you want to call it, racism, blah, 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 is kind of um, schizophrenic and bipolar at the same time, which is why we are constantly talking about it and also constantly confused about it. Okay, um, lay out the thesis then. So, okay. So the thesis of what I saw, let's talk about what happened on the podcast so you said no might have been zuby actually let me see zuby said no you said that the term white supremacy is predicated on the fact that white people are better than others yeah that to be a white supremacist you have to think that right so my thing is as human beings we're all equal right no one is better than anybody else however white supremacy are actions not so much what people think. So if I, if I give you an example, right, I'm going to read a quote, right? And it says, we bled Africa for four and a half centuries. We looted their raw materials. Then we told lies that the Africans were good for nothing. In the name of religion, we destroyed their culture. And after being made rich at their expense, we now steal their brains through miseducation and propaganda to prevent them from enacting black retribution against us. Who do you think said that? Martin Luther King? No. President Jack Chirac of okay. France, yeah. who served three terms, I think, at least three terms. Mm -hmm. So the 
when he said that, just out of interest? Um, well, after he after serving his terms in office, so it was after he's seen certain things that I'm not privy to, you're not privy to. I'm thinking and, about the Algerian War of Independence. Yeah. Say again. I'm thinking about the Algerian War of Independence. What when he would have said it? Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking uh, the French basically had to admit, yeah, we we don't goof to big time with the Algerians, if no one else. And the well, French still are as well. Well, this is the thing. So this is why I talk about the reason why I think white supremacy is confusing. Hmm. Because what it is, is what President Jack Chirac said. What it isn't, is what the wokies and the lefties are always talking about. Oh, everybody never got a job because it's white supremacy. I don't think that's what it is. I think my thing is white supremacy needs to be called out where it does exist. Hmm and not rubbished because what happens is it kind of negates the what it is basically it negates what it is so are you saying that white supremacy primarily exists in the realm of geopolitical uh events a lot of it does right a lot of it does and um because my thing about from from studying what white supremacy is right mm. so i always have a little <laughs> a little experiment so i would say to you mm. are you racist I don't consider myself to be. Right. I would say, that's fine, by the way. I would say, do you know any racist people? No. <laughs> not, not to you my knowledge, that? right? Right, okay. So you don't know any racist people. Um, do, do you believe racist people exist? Uh, well, no, actually, okay. I, I do know of people who are self-avowed racists, yes. Right. So you, do you believe racist people exist? Yeah. So what happens when I ask that question to general, generally to white people mm. is that they say the same things generally. They say, oh, I'm not racist and I'm not around racists. And I'm like, okay, cool. But do you think racist people exist? And they say, yeah. And I say, well, where are they then? Right? So it's like white supremacy or racism becomes this mythological creature mm. that everybody speaks about mm. and admits it exists, but no one knows where it is. I think the issue is the term racist has become synonymous with the term bad. Right. So essentially, when you say, are you a racist? What you're saying to the person is, are you a bad person? And of course, no one really thinks of themselves as a bad person. And so everyone says, no, everyone around me is a good person, therefore mm. a non-racist. Because it seems to be that racism is taken to mean many things, but one of those things being um, a sort of personal intolerance of people of other races. Mm -hmm. But of course, like, you know, I don't see any of that around. Mm -hmm. But then it gets abstracted into broad v categorical views of civilizations and so it it occupies many layers at the same time and so someone always takes it on the personal level as you as you've introduced it there and says well i don't find myself irrationally hating people of other races right so i'm not a racist right but then if you but then conversely you you've put it in the realm of geopolitical Geop events so it's sort of disconnected from them so like you say it is kind of abstracted away and it's sort of mythological so everyone's just like i don't i don't know, I don't it know what it is it exists yeah, yeah. And it doesn't exist and so when for me when president like jack chirac says that hmm. um i don't know if you know who aaron connor chimimbori quo is i don't she's a former uh ambassador to the african union Right. So she worked for the African Union. She no longer works there. And um, she speaks a lot about what the French done, mm. right? And Jack Chirac's already said that this is what they've done. Mm. And Aaron Karnachim and Bori Kuo says that during the 1950s, and you can actually research this, that a pact to recolonize Africa was mm. enacted by the French to the Francophone countries. And there were two countries that said no. There was Mali and there was Guinea. 
So Mali and Guinea said, no, we're not going to sign that pact. And then what the French proceeded to do was to pour concrete into the sewage systems of Mali and Guinea, right? And just leave. And it's like, okay, but the French haven't had any retribution or any punishment for that type of crime against humanity. If we done it in London, <laughs> if the Chinese decided to pour concrete in London, the sewage system, it's an act of war. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, what happens is people, they downplay what white supremacy actually is in, and what they do is that they replace it with things like, oh, this thing is too white. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, no, that's not what white supremacy is. Mm. That's what white supremacy is and not that. If, if anything, it makes talking about white supremacy in European countries a bit redundant, right? Go on. Because geopolitically, Europeans aren't doing things to themselves, but they are going over to Africa and doing whatever. Like the, Fr the French have got a weird thing with the currency in North Africa. At the moment, where it's essentially dependent on the they print, they print, they print the, um, yeah, yeah. The, the money of yeah. Africa, and you and, and you definitely could make an argument that I mean, white supremacy I think is a, a terrible term to use for anything because it's just inherently divisive, even if it is descriptive. Um, but like, you why can, do you say it's divisive? Well, because people feel like they're being attacked for being a racist when you say it, but you are trying to describe a series of events. Yes, right. So that immediately puts people on the back foot. But if you would say, well, look giving this specific example of France and the currency in like wherever, Guinea-Bissau, wherever it was. Mm -hmm. um, if you'd say, well, look, European interference is hamstringing the economy of this country, mm -hmm. then suddenly a person isn't like, oh, I'm not a racist because that's just a, that's a true statement. That's not a statement about them. Right. And so then you could talk about uh, that event and how that's unfair. Right? Of course. That's, that's a post-colonial exploitation yeah. of an African country. And you mm. absolutely could talk about that in clear terms that people aren't going to get their back up about. Their back up about. You know, because that's the thing. Is that I think the problem with the, the using terms like white supremacy mm -hmm. is it comes with a, a judgment against the person that you're using it, and not you personally, but mm. you know, the other person that's being right. used case. And it just prevents any meaningful and constructive dialogue from being done. Right? So, see, and that's why I wanted to talk about it, because mm. I think that it needs to be um, highlighted with what it actually is. Mm. And because we know what it isn't. Yeah. I think we know, like when people start speaking about Oh, um, they never got a job. White supremacy. It's like, shut up. Like, like, be quiet. Like, that's not what white supremacy is, right? And so it's like, but when it is what it is, I think it should be spoken yeah. about. Like, for instance, um, I had I was watching a TV show the other day hmm. talking about uh, William Wilberforce, hmm. right? And William Wilberforce and Great Britain, you know, saying, no, we abolished slavery, 1807, right? So in 1807, the British abolished slavery. Hmm. Would you say that's a good thing? I would say so. So would I, right? So it's hard to, hard to disagree. <laughs> no, 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 but you laugh, right? Yeah. But this is what I'm uh. talking about, what white supremacy actually is, because I talk about the bipolar and schizophrenic mm. nature of it. So 1807, we abolished slavery. And we abolished the trade in 1807. We abolished the trade. And it, and it was the, uh, slavery was 1833. 1833. Yeah. So 1807, the trade, 1833. Yeah. So if we go to 1833, when they said absolutely yeah. nothing, right? One, you know what the Berlin Conference is? Um, not offhand. The Berlin Conference is a conference where 13 European nations, mm. you, had, you had the uh, Ottoman Empire, which isn't European, but you had France, Germany, Spain. Or the colonial Norway, powers. The is this colonial the, powers. The scramble for Africa? And they scrambled for Africa. Yeah. But I would say that you just re-enslaved people. So you can't abolish slavery and then re-enslave a continent. 
I think um, that's the schizo- for me, that's the schizophrenic bipolar nature of what it is. Because you, if yeah. I say I no longer have a problem with you, I don't have a problem with you, and I've been historically hurting you and your family, hmm. and I stop, you might say, thank you very much, Sarah. Don't do that. But then if two, two weeks later, I get all my guys and I kick your door down hmm. and I take over your house, you're like, well, I thought you, was, I thought you stopped messing with me. Yeah. I, th- I think the issue is that it, there is a distinction between like what an individual suffers and then the political context of uh, international politics, right? So I, I agree that um, on an international level, it could be characterized that Imperium, as in one group over another group, mm-hmm. could be characterized as a form of slavery, but in a technical sense, it's actually not slavery. Because what it is, is um, essentially vassalage. Like, how to describe it? Like, um, just the, the sort of thing that Russia is trying to do with Ukraine, right? It's not going to enslave, literally enslave Ukrainians, but it is going to put them within the political power of Russia. I mean, you say that, but during colonization, that's exactly what happened. On the land, uh, King Leopold of Belgium done it. He enslaved yeah. the um, people of the Congo and sure. got them to get rubber. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cecil Rhodes done it to people in South Africa. You actually literally enslaved people. Sometimes. Um, right. but so there, that's but there are, you can't say it's not the well, no, same. No, well, it, I'm not... not it, it, sometimes, but there are other cases where it's not. For example, in Uganda, mm-hmm. um, what we did is we had them as a protectorate. And so we took the largest ethnic group in Uganda and they had a king mm-hmm. and we politically supported them. Mm-hmm. And so they were convivial. Neo-colonialism. Well, no, no, that was during the pro, uh, process of the scramble for Africa. And so there are there are particular places, but then there are other places where it's not that the people were necessarily... Safe. I mean, like Leopold is the worst example, probably, right. of, of that sort of thing happening. Mm. But then there are sort of various um, protectorates and administrations where the British run the place as they think it should be run, but the people aren't actually slaves. I, I mean, that's, I mean, you're that, not, you're that, not wrong. But that there sounds are, like a Disney version. If I'm, well, if, no, no, I'm no. if I'm honest, it sounds like a Disney. There, there are there are versions that you're talking about. Mm. Like you know, I'm not saying that Cecil Rhodes didn't do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying Leopold didn't do this. It's just not the sum total of it. So, like, it, uh, I'm, uh, sorry, uh, but, but, but either way, mm. either way, it's not nice to have been conquered by someone else, right? Right. right. Either that, way, that, 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 yeah. I mean, this is the prime. My primary uh, desire for Brexit was simply to get out from under the heel of the French and the Germans, correct? Right? And so, even if you were on the sort of lighter side of the 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 yoke mm-hmm. of a foreign entity, it's still not good to be on it, right. and you would prefer to be sovereign, right? of course. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not contesting that, that that's not the case. But it's it, to say, right, that's all slavery. It, it allows people who want to challenge that, actually it gives them quite a, a, a break. A broad, yeah, what, a broad yeah, brush. Uh, no, no, it gives them sort of a wedge in to prize that apart, right? Because they can say, yeah, well, okay, why are these black kingships flourishing so well under British protection and stuff like this? And so suddenly it's not that all Africans were enslaved by Europeans, even but, after but the ins- if, if end of abolition slavery. I would say that the reason, probably the reason why those African kings were flourishing under British leadership is because with the scramble for Africa and with the scramble for the resources, they got a portion of it. So yeah, they, they did, yeah. Yeah, so they, um, they benefited from yeah. all of this. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, but essentially, when you scramble for Africa, like, you know, J- Jack Chirac said, hmm. um, one of the things that he said in there is that they used religion. Now, I'm not religious. Yeah. I'm not a religious person. Neither. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't have a horse in the race. But I think that what white supremacy is, right? We know what it isn't. What it actually is, is I was raised a Christian. 
right? And I can read Revelation 1 verse 14. Hmm. And I can see that Jesus Christ, who I don't believe in, was described as a man with burnt bronze skin and white woolen hair. Okay. That's not the image we get. The image we, if I was to Google Jesus Christ for you right now, be a blonde hair, blue eyed dude, white skin, right? So I think that white, what white supremacy is, is being able, right, to see a, what someone's described of her as and be like, nah, I'll make him white. And then export that around the whole world. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what no, I mean? No, like, no, that's I, what white supremacy is. I, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, this has long been known. Like Aristotle was probably the first thing men make gods in their own image. Yes. Right. And so, you know, gods from Europe look white, gods from Africa look mm. black, gods from China look Chinese, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And so, and you are right that as a function of um, the, the power, the imperium of yeah. Europe over the rest of the world, of course, you know, the things they believe flow outwards and across the world. That's mm. that's obviously true. And so you could describe that as a form of white supremacy, but then I think that's why people aren't in favor of empires now. Right. Um, I don't believe empires are essentially bad. I believe that so because em- no, because empires are all right, let, let me try and flesh that one out. Um before people clip that. I mean, don't, oh my God, it's in the don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying they are either, but I think that if we came back to the, it's never fun to be conquered by another people, yeah. then in a way it kind of is always bad. So when, you, when, I, when, when I mean empire, I mean the, the building of your empire mm-hmm. for your people, by your people to make yourself great. Hmm. Not at the extent of other people, if that makes sense. So that's what I don't think is bad. So if Great Britain built up Great Britain yeah. At the extent, not at the extent of other people, yeah. would be great. Empire, yeah. fantastic. Within our islands. Within your islands, yeah, yeah. would be great. Do you know what I mean? If Nigeria done the same thing, it would be great. So that's why I think empire is great. What I don't think is great is when you export that empire to try and kill and so harm and maim other people. The, the problem is empires are defined by one ethnic group having dominion over Over others. another. So, Unfortunately. So you, I, I wouldn't characterize what you're describing as, as empire. empire. Yeah, yeah. Nation? We, yeah, nation. nation. Nations Nations are a much better way of framing it because that, that doesn't, Imply that you're conquering other people yeah, yeah, to get yeah. the resources, and I, obviously, I totally agree that you know, that's why I call myself a nationalist. Yeah, well, why and I have be? done. I've called myself like a be? black nationalist. People, oh, you made me black. Well, I'm not trying to kill anyone. Yeah, I just want to actually build something. I Is that okay? help black people? If you, even if you look at my channels, hmm. to go back to my channel, my channel is kind of dedicated to not dedicated, but there's a lot of videos on me telling black people, hey, stop being stupid, yeah. stop doing the whole drill and drug dealing and whore culture type stuff yeah, yeah. and do better for ourselves, yeah. right? And a lot of the time, in my personal point of view, I've been called a quote-unquote coon for that, right? Because to be black, yeah. in a lot of people's eyes, is to actually feed into that culture. That is terrible though, isn't it? It's, it's, for me, it's ridiculous, yeah. right? Because I'm saying, listen, we, we, we can do better than that, yeah. right? But what I've noticed is that when you say, oh, I'm an I'm a national I'm not an M about empire, like you just described. Yeah, yeah. But I'm about nation. Yeah. Everyone's about their own they, people. They should be. They should be about their they own people. Be, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, to me, that's not a problem. But the thing is, is all you're describing is wanting the best for the people that are, you know, your family, your friends, your community, right? And why right. who who would be on the other side of this? Mm-hmm. And then, okay, well, what, what do you have to do to get the best for your things? Well, you have to build wealth. You have to build discipline. You have to work hard. 100%. Demonstrate excellence. 100%. And like you say, you know, these are not like traits that are confined to any one race or community. Mm-mm. Anyone can do this. And it's a choice. It is a conscious choice in your own head mm. if you're going to pursue excellence or not. And I mean, like, you know, as an outsider looking into the black community, I can see behaviors in the black community that are not that are detrimental. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, I wouldn't want my own I son. I, I wouldn't want my own son to behave in these ways. Exactly. Neither you know? would I. And so, exactly. And so it's like, well, you know, and what frustrates me is the politically correct class where they're like, oh, you're just a racist. It's like, no, actually, I'm, I'm suggesting that if this was my kid, I would pull him in and say, don't do this, son. See, the thing, like I was saying to you uh, before, the thing about, unfortunately, about the history of white people mm. and the history of empire, you, uh, Europe, Europe has had empires. They have mm. gone out to conquer. And so it's harder for white people to say something factual, mm. even though it may be factual, than it is for other people because, like, oh, you're only saying that because you're a racist. That's why it's very easy yeah. for white people to get labeled a racist. I don't know if you are or you aren't. I don't, like, if you are, you are. If you're not, you're not. But what I'm saying is, factual information to me is always going to be factual information. I don't care. Ben Shapiro famous. It's said, the truth. Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. It is what it is. Do you know what I mean? So I just think it's harder, which is why I would say, if I'm thinking about it now, which is why a lot of white people are quite tentative mm. to say certain things. They're, they're scared to say certain things yeah, for totally. fear of being viewed a certain way. Totally. And, the, the, like, and I think the stigma is not helping anyone at all. Mm. Like, because like you say, the, normally it would be social pressure that stigmatizes certain kinds of behaviors. But if there's a certain group that you're not allowed to exert social pressure on, as in just criticism, say, mm. that's, that's rubbish. Why are you doing that? Mm. You're going you're gonna to end up with all these negative things. But if there's a barrier that says, no, you can't say that against those people because of the color of their skin, how does that help those people? You know, how does that help those people change their behavior? It doesn't. Um, and I've said uh, black people currently find themselves at the bottom of the social economic ladder globally, which is why, as somebody who's part of that quote unquote group, even though I'm an individual, I sure. have to say to them, look, let's do better than that. Right. Mm. If we find ourselves at the bottom, let's band together. And I think it's normal. Like I spoke to you last time. Right. Yeah. And, was, and I was like, it's normal. People have got teams. It's totally normal. Build your team up. Yeah. Right. And play it's the totally game. That's normal. It. Hold right. your team up. Stop worrying about because I, I actually saw the other day it was on GB News. There was a lady, I forget her name, but she wears her hair. It was always slicks down. Black lady. Uh, she was on GB News. Anyway. Right, yeah. But they were talking about the countryside and mm. how it was too white. Right? And how the countryside was too white. Do you feel the countryside's too white? And I was like, uh, in my head, I was like, you're living in a majority white country. Yeah. Right? you're going to get places that a lot, of, a lot of white people are, right? So for you to attempt to, let's say, shame mm. people for having their, I don't know, their alcoves, right? Or yeah. whiteness doesn't make any sense to me. But mm. yeah, I'm going to say something controversial. Um, we can clip out for YouTube. It's no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to say something controversial. The people that, well, the, the black people for me that complain about racism and white supremacy all the time, yeah are the black people that want to be let into parties that they just want to get into. Because mm. it's like, look, the Russians are allowed to do their thing. Mm. The Chinese are allowed to do their thing. I'm not going to go into a Russian party and be like, not enough black people here, mate. Don't you think? And you're like, it's a Russian party, brother. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So it's like, the people that complain about it, for me, are the people that want to be let in and jig, and jig with the other people. And I'm like, you don't have to. You can build your own. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean you hate other people. And that's what I want to get across, actually. Mm. I think the problem comes with hate. I think that all peoples are allowed to be themselves. Yeah. I think white people of all denominations, whether you be Irish or Russian or whatever, are allowed to have that. Mm. The problem comes when you hate people, mm. when you're in that space. Do you see um, a lot of hatred from the sort of English community towards other communities? 
Um, the English don't like the French much. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's that's different. That's, <laughs> the English you know, don't like the French much. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, do you see like English people like on TV or in politics or anything saying I hate black people or no? You know? I, I I don't see that. Um, but like I was saying, the thing about this is that as somebody who's grown up black, right? He's grown up black. There is a level of paranoia that exists within a lot of black people. And the reason why the, the paranoia exists is because of the confusion, like I said, like the bipolar schizophrenic nature of saying one thing, doing another, doing another thing, saying another thing. Mm. So, oh, we'll abolish slavery, but we'll, re- we'll, we'll, we'll get your continent. Yeah. Oh, we'll be cool with you, but we'll take all your resources. Mm. So it's like, okay, listen, I don't want to be paranoid, but that is not consistent, okay? It's not consistent in what you're saying. And so... No, I don't see white people saying, oh, I hate all black people. But then you start have to look at the governmental structure and say, okay, well, what are these governmental structures doing in these black countries to these black people with the black resources? Because the world lives off Africa, if we're honest with ourselves. Like even we've got our tablets and um, laptops here. Now it's got cobalt and coltan in it. That's 85% of the cobalt and coltan mm-hmm. is from the Congo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, Af- the resources of Africa fund the world. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, I know, I'm not so saying I, you're wrong. So I'm just saying, um, if the resources of Africa fund the world, hmm. are those resources always got no, that way? I, I, I would suggest they're not. Mm. And I think that the main problem is that is, is not imperialism now, but it's corruption, right? Right. So I think that one problem that I think a lot of African countries really struggle with is mm. the fact that not just Europeans either, um, essentially buy off their leaders mm-hmm. and allow them to take these resources at rock bottom prices. Right. And this keeps Africa as a continent very poor. But then you have people like, um, I don't know, Ibrahim Traore, who's the youngest president in the world now. Is this the guy? Or from Burkina Faso. That's it, yeah. Right? Yeah. So what he's, he's got a scar on his face, hasn't he? He's got a scar on Yeah, he looks mean, man. He, he looks like he's been through some things. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? And I bet he has. Um, <laughs> people are saying that he's like the spirit of Thomas Sankara. I don't know if you know Thomas. Sankara, I don't. Um, who's like re, like I don't know. The ancestors have come back again in him, <laughs> right? Okay, and yeah. what it is is that <laughs> he's had to oust the French and stop the French yeah. from doing a lot in the country, right? And like you said, people would say some people are saying, "Oh, we shouldn't do that." And I'm like, "Well, Jack Chirac just said he said what well, that's yeah, what they've been doing. He's he's trying to stop it." And so, um, yeah, it's like honestly, I'm just hearing Brexit. That's all I'm hearing. Right. I'm just hearing Brexit. I right. don't want the French and the Germans getting our money. What is that? What was that face? I've been silent because I'm trying to listen and learn. Mm. Like that, I've, I've heard very little. I agree with. I'll be honest. Okay. okay. I mean, Go for it. Go on. Then. I mean, even that, just I find strange. I mean, the it's the same impulse. The, the desire Russian for self. You do a coup. I mean, I agree that the desire for self determination is what. Yeah. Uh, you know, exactly. That's what when they did about. the Brexit vote, and we weren't getting it. I remember we met Corbyn Mickey, this Polish politician, mm. and his advice was go and get some generals. I mean, you know, fair enough. But <laughs> I, I just... So what did you I, I don't know why any of this yeah, has to do well, with white privilege. I'm so confused. Well, no, what you because said, white supremacy is a... It's a... No, normally implemented by a geopolitical structure. Not so much you. <laughs> I'm not going to say yeah, you're but, white supremacist, right? Like I listened right? to your example, but I, I just don't get that either. That's, that's not what, white supremacy. What that's just geopolitics. Yeah, but that's... You can do that to white people or brown people. It doesn't actually matter if you're... Yeah, but that's why the term white supremacy isn't useful, right? Because what it is, is European imperium. 
is really what he's saying. European imperialism. Well, yeah. It doesn't have to be European. Well, no, no, it doesn't have to be. It's just it in this particular is. case. Not. I mean, many countries engage imperial imperialism in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, and got, sure. Some of them are European. Some of them aren't. Sure. And I mean, Africa's problems the... can be China, right? Um, in, that would be Chinese age, imperialism. Yeah. If China, if China took over the rest of the world, it would be Chinese imperialism. You wouldn't call it Chinese imperialism. You just call it imperialism. It would depend on the circumstances, but if if they're coming in in the way, say, the French did, and setting up a, a Chinese protectorate and whatnot, I would agree that's imperialism. But a lot of what I see the Chinese doing, for example, I don't actually I disagree with the right on this, where they're like, oh, it's you know them setting up debt traps, etc. The Chinese are pretty stupid in this regard. Like they're usually doing the kind of bare minimum to just extract some stuff that wasn't going to be extracted either way. So I just I don't think that actually fits the term imperialism. Just business. So so if China was to take over huge swathes of the world with war, with their army, would you call that Chinese imperialism? If you do it with war, yeah. Right. And I think that's what has happened with Africa. That's why it's called white supremacy or European imperialism, because it was done with war. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, how you doing, sure. mate? It's imperialism for the French or the British or whoever else. But the idea that it's European or white, I just... But they are white. It's by default, you know, it's, yeah, it's just what they are. Not very relevant, though. Well, it, it kind of ropes in people like uh, the, the Norwegians and the Finns because they're also white. The problem is it's just an inaccurate I get, I get that. I understand that. Which is because they weren't involved. Yeah, exactly. Like, it weren't me. Yeah. yeah, the Latvians are just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you Swedish know? are like, oh, what Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I, I can... Uh, I, 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 that, that's another problem that I have with it. Oh, so, so what you're saying is that it's been lumped in with all white people. Yeah, it's it's a it's a broad and thin category. Whereas if you said British imperialism, French imperialism, European imperialism or broad but, not but again white. that's quite broad because there are definitely if Europeans let's just use that term could do it to other Europeans. They have no problem with it and have done it. I yeah. mean the, the Soviet Empire collapsed in the nineties and those guys were imperial subjects of the Soviet Empire. However, the reason I think Lisa I said about uh, people understanding what certain things are because with white with white supremacy, right, came a pseudoscience. And I don't, I don't know a pseudoscience that's been used from European to European. But with Carl Linnaeus... Oh, we, we did. We, you should see some of the 19th century depictions of the Irish. Right, with the Irish, yeah. I can say. You yeah, can say yeah, that they, with the Irish. They, they did. But, or the Germans. Or the Germans. Or the yeah. Germans. But yeah. generally, if you look at... Because there was Africanus, yeah. America, uh, Americanus, Europaeus, and Asiaticus who Carloneo, which is a taxonomist done yeah, yeah. in the 1700s. And he categorized and said, this is what these types of people are. Mm. And so there was a whole pseudoscience behind white supremacy also. It wasn't just like, yeah. oh, do you know what I mean? It was, it was a whole movement. Yeah. And so people have to understand that there's like a, but that's actually, a hangover from that. But that's, I find confusing your definition of white supremacy, because in that example, it wasn't just we're different species or whatever group. And therefore no, we're all human. No, I'm arguing from the perspective of someone who made that chart, right? Yeah, colonies. That there's seven different groups or whatever. And they're saying that the white group is the superior group because mm -hmm. of XYZ. That's actual supremacy. Like, I, I still struggle with even understanding your definition of white supremacy. So that's not supremacy. I'm saying if you... So the guy who sets out the seven groups, the reason he does it is not just to be like, this is science. He also used it to say the white group is the superior one. Yes. That's white supremacy. Right. That, that's what I would understand that term to mean. And right. That's why I say, but with, but with, what I'm saying with that psychology, imperialism came. It's a justification. It's for a justification imperialism. for imperialism. It was used to say, listen, you see these Negroes, 
Oh, are they? Yeah. Because Carl Linnaeus, he wrote it and he's a scientist and he said they're not very smart, it, so we can do that. It's not quite like that, though, because those justifications came a lot longer after we'd already purchased slaves and started setting up colonies. Sorry, say that again? So the justification for taking over land and subjugating people who weren't mm -hmm. white mm -hmm. because of the seven categories or whatever. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that... The that came in the 1700s, this the categorization. I get that, but it was largely, especially in the modern context, for empire expansion used by the Americans mm -hmm. when it came to European <laughs> powers. I mean, we were engaging in slave trading on the basis of race for a lot longer before. From the 1400s, but the, the, yeah. the, 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 the counterpoint to that is um, almost any theory is a post-hoc rationalization of existing practices and beliefs anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of natural for a conquering people to think of themselves as better than anyone who they've conquered. Well, the Russians need to kick, take care of the rest of the Slavic world. Absolutely. Not unusual. So, and then, but I mean, after the fact to justify why you were able to do that, you create a series of theories. And but am I, am I correct in thinking that you're saying that the, that the European imperialism that happened is not part of what you would call white supremacy? It, it wouldn't be, or it would be. Because I'm a little bit confused. Depends on the circumstance. Because uh, take the Americans, for example. I mean, their mm -hmm. history is very different, but mm -hmm. they're still of Anglo-Saxon stock, mm -hmm. like 90% or whatever it is. When they would justify getting rid of the Indians, mm -hmm. yeah, that's on the basis. They use racial theories for this. Mm -hmm. Not just that they're savages and need to be moved on. But in the later years, especially, they use the white supremacy stuff. But if you're just doing it because of geopolitics, like the bloody French are going to take... Uh, huge swaths of Africa, mm -hmm. so we need to move in and take what we can as well. You're not doing it because you necessarily hate black people. You'd happily do that to a white nation as well, if it meant that you could get one over on the French. Well, I would say this is a, the psychology of believing that you are superior to another group of people was a major factor in the in holding the Berlin Conference. Yeah, I, I have it's to. A it's a major factor. It, it's it's not that you're wrong that we would happily conquer the French had we the power to do it. But when it came to, in particular, the 19th century and theories of, scientific theories of race, there was definitely an element of white supremacy in there. Sure, this is quite late in the game, but yeah. also it wouldn't necessarily just apply to Africans. So the, the difference between the African continent, mm -hmm. you say sub-Saharan really, and the Europeans is just a level of technology and civilization at that point. That's why they're able to even do such a thing. Right. And if you could do it to Greece at that time, yeah, they'd probably happily do it. I mean, the Turks did it to all of uh, the Balkans for that period. Mm -hmm. And the Soviets did it to all of Eastern Europe over that period. The, the white component, I just don't think is actually that important. I think, I think it was quite a driving nah, I, I don't think some... you, uh, what... Sorry, go on, Carl. It, no, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was quite prominent in the theorizing around it. It's, it's a weird justification because you get it with the Americans too, where suddenly the Spanish and their descendants become not part of the white race because you need to steal their colonies. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. So you're happy to take control of other colonies. And if you can use a justification for why you need to do it on the basis of race, race you can people do will do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. But that's not the only reason you do these things. And the history of each of these places is so vastly different. But I think saying general things really doesn't Usually reflect. I, I'm just. I'm just trying to understand if you think that race is tied into this. So you don't think race is tied into. In, in the case of Africa, in the case of Africa, was. I think race was tied into it. Definitely was. Most of it, yes. Okay, I'd say I don't think. But there are there are no no. But the, but <laughs> really, you are but right. There might say, be instances where it wasn't. Yeah, but you are right. People, when you but see, when it comes to Africa, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and but you are right when you say, look, you know, essentially, it doesn't really matter what justification people give to you know, like it's. It is, there are lots of different justifications, and 
we'll justify doing whatever we need to do, which is what everyone does. So and if find, you, find, you find a reason to do something. Exactly. Oh, you know what? He's got blue eyes, not like blue eyes. Yeah, exactly. You just find a reason. Sure. I mean, these things exist, but it's, it's, it's different in the sense of, um, in my mind, when I think of Nazi Germany, for example, mm-hmm. like Hitler's worldview is incredibly important to why the Nazis do what they do, the, t- the country is the even target and the strategy. And that's because he's a dictator. He's literally able to implement his worldview in that way. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to something like global empires, not only is it a huge time span, there's different things going on throughout all of that time span. There's different regions. The considerations are different in different places. Like one of the things you said about um, this was done to the Africans, that Jack Chirac quote. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's very unique to the French colonies because it's the French experience of colonization. The British didn't do it? The British have a different way of doing things. Cecil Rhodes was pretty <laughs> racist, though. Oh, absolutely. But it's the same thing with the... I don't, it sounds like you're trying to run from it. It's like, <laughs> it is what yeah. it is, right? No, I'm trying to explain that I don't like saying general things for something that's much bigger than a general statement. So the, col- the Congo, for example, is the greatest example of probably mm-hmm. the worst case of colonialism ever implemented. Le- Leopold. Yeah, I'm trying to think if the I don't know you could argue like the the Muslim Empire might have done some things at worst. They definitely did in North Africa. Genghis Khan castrated yeah. the yeah. Africans. Yeah, well, it's uh, East Africa that really suffered from oh, the yeah, Muslims. Yeah, yeah. I, I all I'm trying to express at the last point here is You've just still got the slave slave ports there in East Africa with the Muslims. Yeah, mm. the only point I'm trying to express at the end of this mm. is just that I don't like saying general things because usually it's very specific to the place. Okay, can yeah. we uh, leave it there and move on to the yeah, next? Yeah, sure. one? No problem. Um, so it turns out that MPs are in fear for their lives in Britain in the year of our Lord 2024. I'm shut my Why? Mouth. <laughs> why is the question? <laughs> why? why is the question? Yeah. Um, must be all those far right people. Uh, you may remember Mike Freer. Like you, you mean? Uh, apparently. Yeah. I get told I'm far right very often. Yeah, I've yeah. never threatened an MP and they're not resigning. <laughs> technically. Sorry, I'm ending sentences. Technically, I'm correct. I'm having fun. Which is why yeah. I do not have a criminal record. Yep. Um, but this is why uh, it's not, you know, Mike Freer wasn't resigning because of me. Uh, David Armist didn't get stabbed because of me. Did he end up saying who it was? Uh, he did, actually, yes. Ah. He did He did say that it was a particularly um, specific religious group that was sending him threats. Amazing. Uh, and he's Jewish, so... Oh, what, the peaceful one? Yeah, the, the very, ah, okay. very peaceful one. Yeah, um, yeah. And so this is something that The Guardian has to admit, yeah, okay, there is an issue... But I think it's very interesting uh, who they put front and center in this article. I'm just going to read a few quotes. Tan Desi, the Labour MP for Slough, said he felt his life was at risk. Tan Desi. That's not a, an indigenous British name. Uh, where's he from? Tan. Sounds, uh, sounds Asian. Would, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Would you like the full, uh, his full name? It's Tan Manjeet Singh Desi. Oh, so he is a Sikh man. Yeah. Uh, he uh, has had to take on various extra... Um, security measures uh, and has a police presence at his constituency surgeries because he's living in fear of his life. Mm-hmm. Margaret Hodge, a Labour MP, uh, has also taken extra security precautions. But a, a Muslim Labour MP who has been kept anonymous said they've had a very serious death threat for being vocally pro Palestine. Oh, really? I believe From? it. I, I just want to give me a copy. Don't even know who it is. What, someone in the comments and saying, oh, I'm going to kill you. Maybe. <laughs> is that what it is? It's from another MP. Right. <laughs> it's an anonymous Muslim Labour MP, so we can't even ask Why, why are they allowed to be anonymous? Great question. And why Great is question. Mr. Tan Singh not allowed to be anonymous? No idea. 
Why is Margaret Hodge named, but this unnamed Muslim MP who got the death threat for being vocally pro-Palestine? Uh, Jess Phillips, the Labour MP for Birmingham Yardley. Your friend. My best friend. Uh, said, the levels of Islamophobia that people are displaying is sickening. Uh, That's the real problem. Yep. I can talk about... <laughs> Carefully. You know the Norm Macdonald joke, I've, don't you? I've spoken about Islam in relation to the rest of the world mm -hmm. for years, and I did. And I just think it's interesting that an ideology that is essentially imperialist yeah. by nature yeah, congenitally generally tries to act like it's innocent. It's interesting, isn't it? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Jess Phillips is dismayed at the level of Islamophobia. That's being... She's not dismayed at the level of Islam. She's not display dis she's not dismayed at the death threats that are being sent. I mean, you remember Lindsay Hoyle was in the parliament saying, "Look, I just don't want any of you to be killed." So we're she's like, "That's perfectly normal. I love this." Yeah. Oh, at least Lindsay Hoyle isn't being an Islamophobe, um, or maybe that was a form of Islamophobia. <laughs> I don't know, right? Uh, but there's uh, there's more. Um, the BBC, of course, uh, are telling us that uh, various other people, uh, Conservative MP Tobias Elwood. His home was targeted by, quote, pro-Palestinian protesters. Preet Jill, a Labour MP for Birmingham, uh, said death threats have become the norm in her job. Uh, and Conservative Stafford MP Theo Clark carries a panic button which is directly linked to the police at all times. Wow. Uh, these are not Muslim people. FYI. Uh, we have one anonymous Muslim who says he got a death threat from anti-Palestine activists. You assumed it's a he. Uh, that's true. I do assume it's a he. I have no idea. Because there's a few Labour MPs who are Muslims who mm. make shit up, and I'm accusing them of making this up because, well, they have a history. I, I guess they can come what, out. Are you saying and... that the press is lying? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also they... saying the politicians are you lying. You sound like a cons conspiracy theory. I think that letter is real, but I think they literally wrote it themselves. So Interesting. I'd like a handwriting check on do you that. Remember David Lammy? His death threat. How can you forget David Lammy? <laughs> but David Lammy wrote. Uh, no, sorry, he didn't write. Uh, he didn't. Write. Um, David Lammy received a death threat, and the handwriting just happened to be very similar to his own handwriting. A unique style of handwriting. Yes, letters that only he has. I didn't know that story. Uh, we can look it up afterwards. It's really funny um, because, like David, did you write this for yourself? <laughs> Were you not in the news this week? Um, but anyway, so Mike, Mike Freer, of course, says, look, if we have a steel ring around MPs and the whole style of democracy changes, which it does, uh, which is not good. And so Sunak... We have one. Yeah, well, we do, but it's going to get worse. Uh, Sunak came out and said, and you'll be blown away by how vicious this attack is on the Muslim community. Uh, we simply cannot allow this pattern of increasingly violent and intimidatory behavior, which is, as far as anyone can see, intended to shut down free debate and stop elected representatives from doing their job. It's simply undemocratic. I'm going to do whatever it requires to protect our democracy and the values we hold dear. This is what the public expect. It is, a fun it is fundamental to our democratic system. It's also vital for maintaining public confidence in the police. Not a very hateful statement. Doesn't call doesn't out any groups. Doesn't sound that hateful. No, the Labour Party is understood to believe that the proposals are sensible, but the PM's language is not. Okay? The Palestine Solidarity Campaign, one of the groups behind the series of mass demonstrations, don't know why they're being linked to this. Like, sorry, what? Who mentioned you? Yeah, exactly. 
they just jump in the way for some reason. Uh, it says it is not. It does not support protests outside of MPs' homes. But has defended the right to stage peaceful protests outside of their offices and council chambers, which is why they're terrified. Uh, and Amnesty International's UK Law and Human Rights Director says that quote talk of mob rule wildly exaggerates the issue. That's right. All the politicians are just scared for their lives. They've all got extra police protection, and the Speaker of the House is just like, look, how much just does that cost to the taxpayer? Ah, well, that's a great question, and we have an answer. Uh, Thirty-one million pounds. Wow. Yeah, pay your taxes. Yeah, yeah, me too. Wow. The Home Office says the funding package would be used to increase private sector security provisions for those facing greater risk. No, they shouldn't. No, no, they should get none of this. Yep, zero. Yep. So the politicians live like the rest of us. Exactly. The politicians are going to have private security twenty-four-seven to make sure that they aren't uh, attacked by unnamed groups, uh, you get nothing. You get nothing. In fact, you get the privilege of paying for their protection while you're just as vulnerable as you were yesterday. Pricks. Honestly, yeah. I really hate this story because yeah. it, it was for a moment. There was a brief moment where they lived the same as us and they realized, oh, crap. What have we brought into this country? This isn't great. And their way out of it is to not do anything to the source of the problem. It's instead just to limit themselves. Yeah. Like a gated community as the country falls into one that doesn't have heating or electricity or anything of the sort. Yeah. Uh, so we can look at some of the threats, actually. Some of them have been made public. Uh, Richard Tice, uh, the Reform Party, one of his um, candidates, Simon Danzik, uh, not an MP, so doesn't qualify for protection. But did used to be a Labour MP. But did used to be a Labour MP. Uh, he got a lovely threat from a chap with a very funny. Have you accent. seen this motherfucking shit? This bald white <laughs> devil <hell. laughs> bastard. These fucking white devils. Son of a bitches. Look at Vote for Rochdale now, guys. You son of a bitches. If you guys ever see this bald motherfucker, I'm gonna fucking put one in his head. Look at this ugly Phil Mitchell looking son of a bald <laughs> bastard motherfucker. <laughs> We shouldn't laugh. Yeah, I know. Because, That's the thing. Okay. Like, it's true. We shouldn't yeah. laugh at but, that. But like, the terrorists do genuinely say stuff like "rapid dingy rapids, bro." Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you remember the one in Houston? There's this guy who took a synagogue hostage. Uh, well, he took the people in the synagogue hostage, and then he called up his uh, brother or whatever, and they had the recording and made it public just before he, he killed everyone and himself. And he's literally the guy from Four Lions, just going, "Look, it's not Jonah. It's not Gunnar. Leave me alone. I, I, I gotta go now. I gotta kill him all." <laughs> just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you get. Um, the thing is, we laugh case. until it's real. Yeah. Well, it is, I mean? it is real. Yeah. David Armas was... Years. I mean, this guy, I'm going to assault you when I see you and care not of the consequences. Oh. I love the fact they even send their threats in old worldy language. I shall care not I, for I the consequences, not. sir. You know? Uh, never get the Asian vote, you bold, ugly, Phil <laughs> Mitchell-looking uh, SOB. I yeah. shagged your mum. Ah, huh, all right. Mm. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, some might say that this is unfairly stigmatizing the Muslim community. Uh, who? Uh, Muslim talking heads will say things like, you can't protest peacefully, you can't boycott, you can't hunger strike, you can't hijack planes, you can't block traffic, you can't throw Molotovs, you can't self-immolate, you can't heckle politicians, you can't march, you can't write, you can't send, you just can't be. I tell you what, he's right. It's political he's correctness like, gone wild, isn't it? They're stopping me from getting this plane. Yeah. Is he a comedian? No, he's yeah. not a comedian. Are you yeah. sure he's not a comedian? No, he's a journalist. <laughs> oh, he's Remember not. the good old days? Where you could just hijack planes and, you know. Firebomb you did, yeah. anyone you like. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's kind of crazy 
And lots of people are like, yeah, no, you've got a good point. You can't throw Molotovs or hijack planes. How is that got 17k likes? This, what, that isn't ratio. That is of all the things on Twitter, that's not ratioed. Yeah. That is a very interesting uh, tweet. Yeah. You just can't throw Molotovs, bro. Can't hijack, or pol- hijack planes. So is, is he arguing for the right to do this? He's saying that the Muslim community is being unfairly persecuted if they are denied the right to do these, it seems. You just can't be as if hijacking planes is an intrinsic it's part of being religion. Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> Pakistani <laughs> airline flight is being... Uh, you being just can't be. It's got 16.8 million views. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I think we've identified who the real victims here are. Yeah. Um, Muslims in the public space are fearing for their lives. From, from who? Yeah. The English Liberation Army? Are they the, out there? The politicians, maybe? <laughs> Just, I don't know. What are the phantom thing do you want to be scared of today? Yes. You see, my thing about this is, um, like I said, it, you, you have an imperialist ideology on your shores. I, made, I actually yeah. made a video on my channel about um, having imperialist ideologies on your shores. You can have ideologies on your shores which are assimilating into your culture. Yep. Um, I said, I even said to you last night, watch, I said, if I had Wakanda, um, if I built Wakanda, I would have an immigration policy which only allows a certain percentage of people that are not Wakandans in the country. That's normal. Yes, it is normal. That's when, why. Yeah, when <laughs> you have just free borders, yes. open borders for people, and then you, you complain once you're all in. Um, I did a story on um, what's happening with Catherine Burblesing. You know, uh, Catherine Burblesing, who yeah. owns the school, Michaela School in North London. And what's right. happened is she's got the best results out of secondary school. Oh, is this the, the highly conservative woman? Yeah. yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or conservative with a small C. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am, and I am. what's happened in her school. Yeah. And everyone knew there was no prayer room. Her, her mm-hmm. school's for everyone. Yep. Black, white, Jewish, Hindu, yeah. Muslim, whatever. And there's been no prayer room. She doesn't um, adhere to anyone's religion. Yeah, she doesn't secular, pander to doesn't pander to anyone. It's a secular school and everyone knows this. And that's the reason why she's been able to get the results that she's got. And what has happened is now 50% of the school has become Muslim. Mm. They're demanding a prayer room. And she said no. And so now she's being done for Islamophobia. They're taking her to the high court. It's like, Wow. It's amazing. Isn't like it? you knew there was no prayer room, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like I just walked in. I'm like, yo, Carl, where's where's my? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, where is it? Yeah. You're like, uh, no, no, you're against yeah. me. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So I'm just like, yeah. But you, but you are right. It does. It speaks to an intent, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you joined this secular school knowing that this wasn't here. Knowing you knew, and now you're making the demands for the thing you knew. You knew wasn't here in the first. Exactly. Place. You're so, an imperialist. Exactly. So the only the only right rational the only rational thing I can take from that is that the intent was there to take it over. Mm. Right? That's what that is. Mm. That's actually more revealing way of putting that previous tweet, the Muhammad guy. I don't know if we can get that back up just because it's hilarious. Yeah. Because, of course, in <laughs> Islam, you, well, in the Islamic context, you have the right to wage jihad uh, against the non-believers. So, hijacking planes or throwing Molotov cocktails, well, it's just modern jihad. I mean, sincerely, <laughs> if, you, if your position is an imperialist one, if I'm going to go find the non-Muslim lands and make them Muslim, when everything's on the table, you can you can read the Quran if you want. It's all laid out there. Sure, but we're definitely not putting that on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we'll leave leave that one there, and then go to something else that we can't put on YouTube. Um, 
I'm really tired of the current thing. The current thing is whatever the media has decided is the story of the day mm -hmm. and not just the day could be the week. I mean, for example, in the last couple of days, it's been Islamophobia in the conservative party. Prior to that, it's been, say, Ukraine. Uh, and this obsession over this kind of n media nexus and political nexus of whatever the floating object is on everyone's timelines is genuinely getting people killed. And so I, I just want to tell them, look, whatever the current thing is in your timeline, it's not worth your life, right? It will literally be gone in a year's time and you'll have forgotten about it and everyone will have forgotten any sacrifices you made for it, right? So, I mean, does anyone remember the Reddit battalion that went out to Ukraine? No, exactly, right? Exactly, no one remembers. So uh, there was a, a subreddit called Volunteers for Ukraine with 45,000 subscribers on it, uh, and they were training people. Within weeks, they had trained hundreds of civilians. This is only two years ago. You see, that you, we're actually told who we're supposed to fight for, aren't we? Yeah. We're just told. It's, the, it's literally this sort of media programming. And most people don't... Most people are educated by a 60-second TikTok video. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I'm on that side then. Yeah. And this is all downstream from some like New York Times reporter or something like that. And they're going to be downstream from probably the CIA or the FBI. Mm. And so it's just like, so actually, when you are playing into the current thing, you're playing into the imperial regime of one country or another. But anyway, they, they trained hundreds of people to go out to Reddit, uh, the war zone in Ukraine, <laughs> to go out to Reddit, um, <laughs> from Reddit. And, and a bunch of these people were killed. Um, oh, they died? Yeah, yeah, they died. Surprise. Um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the Ukraine's foreign legion did not see significant attention until March 13th, 2022, when Russia fired multiple missiles at a Ukrainian military facility where some foreign soldiers were undergoing training, reportedly killing 35 people and injuring 134. They got 1,000 upvotes on that's, Reddit. That's sad. If that helps. It's tragic, well, right? You see these people that were training were they already army trained some were some were right, right. Okay. so let's take the example of dane partridge a former army infantryman who felt spiritually called to volunteer in the ukrainian military why yeah exactly why what spirit five years ago yeah, did you feel what spirit was that but just five like, years ago did you feel spiritually called to serve in ukraine you'd never even heard of ukraine it was only until the media put it right in front of your face yeah, and it was non-stop like, I bet the average American has no, or you know, three Could years ago. Point to it on a map. Exactly. Suddenly he's spiritually called. So, no, you've been programmed by the media, right? But this is genuinely tragic um, because he goes and volunteers. He gets a one way ticket to Poland, goes over there, gets killed. He leaves behind five young children. That is just awful, isn't it? And of course, his uh, widow doesn't want to talk about that because she's like, well, we're still living and we're affected by this. Um, so, so, so this is what he said. Uh, this is what his widow said. Uh, she, we just want to focus on the good that he did, not mention any personal things. So, yeah, I bet. No, but this is what he said to his family, guys. I'm spiritually called to go serve. Spiritually called. Yeah, sorry, but that I know you guys got to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been spiritually called to. Uh, there's no more school run for me. I'm gonna go and fight. Yeah. For a country you've Dad, never. Where are you going? I'm off. That's yeah. a, uh, can we add this to the Darwin Awards? You know what the Darwin Awards are. No, I don't know what a Darwin Award is. So there are Darwin Awards. It's for taking yourself out of the gene pool, for doing something so yeah. stupid <laughs> and getting yourself killed. I'm sorry. He's got five kids. He's not out of the gene pool. Oh, God. Because uh, that's the... What's... I, like, if he was Ukrainian, if he cared about the yep. Donbass war or something, he didn't. Yep. 
He literally just saw it on TV and thought, there we are, I'm going to throw my life away. Dane Partridge is the most Anglo name. Partridge, Partridge is a surname. That's an English surname. Like he's not from Ukraine. He's not like a Slavic immigrant. You know, he's obviously just a regular American, and he's been bewitched by the current thing. They've dangled this in front of his face, and he's like, you know, I need to abandon my family and save Ukrainians. And now he's dead, and his family are doubtless struggling. And it's so this is awful. That's crazy. And so this is the context in which, of course, uh, Aaron Bushnell again, another just sort of Anglo name. Just a normal Anglo name. These aren't people who have any, like, he's got no connection to Palestine when he burned himself to death yelling free Palestine outside of the Israeli embassy. He was bewitched by the current thing online. And in fact, it's actually kind of crazy. Um, of course, I'm not, I'm not going to show any of it because I'm getting trouble. But basically, his last words were I will no longer be complicit in a genocide. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what People have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers. It's not extreme at all. And then he yells, free Palestine, and burns himself. But what is not being spoken about here is I think there's a huge rise in mental health in, in, yep. in, uh, in, in the nation. In the yes. nations. And I think it plays into these types of things. I think Absolutely. people aren't diagnosed with certain mental health conditions, which is why they're probably easily led to believe certain things mm. and easily led to act in certain ways. So... <laughs> This, I, this guy's that could have been a crazy guy. <laughs> and he's a lot more uh, of a candidate for it than the previous chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because this guy was 25 years old. It's had led, his whole life ahead of him. Exactly. Had his whole life ahead of him. Affected he, nothing. He didn't have a wife and children, although there are claims that he did. I looked into it. He doesn't, as far as I can tell. Um, but we, we can, we can uh, find out something about him. So he grew up on a religious compound in Massachusetts uh, with, under called the Community of Jesus. So it's a heavily religious um background that he has, uh, sort of evangelical Protestant background. Uh, his family left in 2005, and by 2024, uh, he had not only come out of the religion, but he had found himself online and become essentially an Antifa activist, a radical communist. Oh, Antifa. So he had spent all of his time on Reddit, becoming increasingly indoctrinated into um, a, just an extremist ideology. Uh, he grew disillusioned with the military, of course, because this happened after he was in the military. Oh, so okay. he radicalized while he was a member of the Air Force, oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, but was intending on sticking out his uh, tenure in there just because he was closer to the end. And he thought, screw it, I'll just get to the end. Um, but in the wake of George Floyd's killing by the police, uh, one of his friends says that he started to research the history of the United States and wanted to take a stand against all the state-sanctioned violence. So when George Floyd was the current thing, this put him on the trajectory to burning himself to death outside the Israeli embassy. You see, that's, it might be mental health. It probably is in his case, but it's also just utterly tragic. Mm. Like this guy's mum and dad like, got a call one day, I'm assuming they didn't see it on the news, and someone said, oh, your son's died. And they're like, oh my God, what happened? Well, he spent a lot of time on Reddit and became a communist, and he killed himself for Palestine. Like, it sounds funny and it sounds, you know, tongue in cheek, but they shut down mental asylums. Yes. And so the mad people have got to go somewhere. Yeah. And America but, is mental, mental. Yeah. They've got to get into something. And I think a lot of people that. Yeah. It didn't reduce the number of mental people. It didn't. It. No, it just left them in the general population. It just left them in the general yeah, population. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, and in, in this guy's case, it's a much stronger argument than the previous guy. Like, mm. he's five kids, a family man, you know, this guy's obviously. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, like there's just loads of it 
He's just like loads and loads of it where he's just uh, incredibly left wing. Uh, I guess that's not coming up for some reason. Uh, but Andy No has been uh, just compiling because his Reddit history is still up. Uh, and so. Didn't he say that Palestine will only be free when all the Jews are dead? No, that's a fake. A fake tweet. post? Yeah, okay. that's, that's why I haven't included it. I was right. going to mention it, but thank you for bringing that up. Um, but it's fake news. Fake yeah, news. no, no. Try, try to be accurate. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, he's not sympathetic to the deaths of his fellow uh, soldiers uh, and just constant posting about anarchism, communism. This, I mean, is, this is his page. Yeah, this is, yeah. He's Ace Bush one. And, uh, you know, obviously. Oh, hello, bread tubers. Yep. Yep. Various bread tubers who radicalized him, calling Republicans fascists, obviously, and just various other things. So it. So I'm really kind of glad because you're you're right so much on the mentally ill aspect, mm. I think. And I remember back before Elon brought Twitter, this kind of left-wing mental illness was promoted by the platform. Yeah. And occasionally now I'll see it still happens where there's some leftist mentally ill person on there. They'll just be like, right, I've had it. This place has become a cesspool. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going off Twitter. And I just think that is so good. And they're back next week. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time they come yeah, back. Yeah, they will, yeah. But there, there will be a, a, like a, an attrition rate of them. And the more and more that attrition rate takes place, that's actually good news for all of humanity. Yeah. Getting those people out of an atmosphere where they're just doing this kind of stuff is only good because they're that, only going to end up doing mental things like this. If only Reddit was also toxic towards left-wing ideology. Anyway, so, I mean, there's a bunch of things where he's just genuinely, like, awful. He, spent, he seems to have just spent his entire life, like, after work, just obsessed with left-wing politics on Reddit. Right? And he had some interesting takes um that one's fake but this one is true <coughs> so um obviously he's not a fan of american imperialism uh, he didn't he thought the october 7th attack was justified in fact did i have i got that here i think it's this one uh so yes when uh when hamas attacked israel killed how many civilians uh he was like, well, actually, it's kind of justified because Israel is a settler, colonialist, apartheid state. And none of them are civilians, and therefore they're all uh, war targets. Um, just average leftist opinion on this. Uh, yeah, not a fan of the Ukrainian war and the American empire. Uh, he believes that Ukrainian war is about America competing with so Russia. He's a walking hashtag. He is a walking hashtag. He's just an NPC for all this stuff. Uh, and so, uh, He's been partially deified, should we say? Um, there are, of course, people on the left who say, "Well, actually, I still hate him because he's white." There was um, a lot of that. I saw. There was a lot of that. There were a lot of leftists who said, "Well, he, he's a white man, and therefore uh, he doesn't deserve the, the the term rest in power.'" Which is where is that? Where was that said? Oh, all over Twitter. Loads of left wing activists who are not white said, "I don't like him, even though he's white." Uh, which I just think is grim. But that's so normal as well. Like you chose that community. Yeah. Like Antifa types have always been like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, but um, he uh, also said spent his he specified in his will that his savings should go to a Palestinian children's relief fund, which I'm sure will reach Palestinian children. Uh, so just tragic, really. So just to be really, really clear, right? Just the current thing will come and go. It's going to just be in your face, and mm. it's going to disappear. And this guy's, this guy's self-immolating, right? It's not even the most remarkable story of this year. That's the thing. Like, it's not made any impact outside of America, really. It's not in the British media. No, we haven't. I haven't heard about it over here. Exactly, right? 
So th- this is the bit about because I I really like the current thing meme. Yeah. And then it, some people use it in a way that I find irritating at times. But this is such a good example, these two. Because I'm thinking back to um take Osama bin Laden, mm-hmm. right? All right, back before he did the Al Qaeda stuff. Right. He went and fought in Afghanistan because he was obsessed with Palestine and the the uh you know, his fellow Muslims then being oppressed. And then when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan, he wanted to support the Muslim cause by kicking out the atheist Soviets. At least there's an obvious connection between Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan, the Islamic part. There's a way in which you could get involved that spiritually calls you and makes sense. Yeah. But that guy in Ukraine is just like, well, um, uh, reasons? I mean, there's nothing. There is literally zero that draws him here other than the, lo- the media. I have to um, defend these Christians against I other think Christians. people fail to um, realize how powerful these things are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what this is. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because all, all both of these guys, obviously radicalized by social media and what they're seeing yeah. on their phones. Yeah, yeah. Obvious. I mean, this this guy in particular. But if he was Egyptian, you'd be like, well, fair enough. It would at least make sense. But that's how. That's why I talk about mental health before, mm. and the power of this. Those two mixed together. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and it, but the the tragedy of chasing the current thing is that this guy in a week, no one will remember him. Right. No one will remember the name of Aaron Bushnell. Like no one mass care. Like no one remembers Dane Partridge, right? They don't care. It's not important. You're not part of the story, and you're trying to make yourself part of the story. But the story isn't really a story. It's a, it's a distraction. It's a flash. Yeah, that's being put in front of your face to distract from other things. Mm -hmm. And so they don't care. You're not going to be memorialized. There's going to be no statue to these guys. Mm. You know, this wasn't like World War One or World War Two. And yet they're trying to capture the same energy to draw people yeah. to the cause. But it's yeah. not the same. You know, there's, there's nothing lasting about any of this. And so it's just a genuine tragedy that's happened in each of these cases. Like, I saw loads of people, like, memeing on it. Oh, he's a communist. Well, therefore, we're, and we're, we're, we're post-communist, therefore we can just dunk him. It's like, no, dude, I'm looking at that thing. If that was my son, mm. I'd be heartbroken. You know, I, I just think it's so sad. To watch, and so like I haven't, I haven't been able to post any memes about it or anything like that. I've just been like, oh, that's awful. But if you do, you'll keep his name alive. I, well, there is that, but like, it's it's just really sad and pathetic, and just and the people in charge don't care. Like none of the people at the media, they don't care. You know, this is the best he's going to get, and this will be forgotten forever. Mm. It's so right, just tragic. I guess we'll leave that there. Get some comments. Um, I was just thinking, like, if you're Hamas, or you're you're fighting the fight, do you even care? I mean, about, it's, like, it's going to come up about him. Yeah, some guy in America set himself on fire. All right. Anyway, I got guns to load. Uh, like there are loads. Yeah, they don't care. There are loads of people in the Arab and Muslim world who are on Twitter speaking in English to have a conversation with the English speaking world about it. They don't talk about him. Of course, they don't talk about him. Why would they talk about him? What have they got to say? Anyway, it's genuinely tragic. But um, Alex says, uh, I'll confess my ignorance as to who Sarah Garvey is. However, with his introduction, I could hear the voice of someone who considers what he says before he speaks. Well, that's a nice thing. Um, but w- I do. Well, what's interesting, I've been following you for years, right? Because we're friends on I Facebook. I mean, we've right? so, been, what's his third interview now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And the, the reason when you were like, oh, I want to talk, I was like, definitely. Um, because like, you must find yourself in a bit of an outsider position, right? In mm-hmm. that community. is Because... I, I, I don't think some fair to, cons- to describe you as a conservative, right? Small C? Small C conservative. Small C conservative? Yeah. I like that term. Yeah, yeah. I like that term. Yeah, I agree, because I'm not a big C conservative mm. either. But like, because you're just saying, look, 
the the social relationships are bad. The lack of investment is bad. Yes. The lack of excellence it's is bad. bad. Yeah. We need to fix these things. That's correct. If we want a better future for correct. anyone, and that that's that's just a true statement in all times and all places for all humans. Right. So it's just one of those things where I I can see you struggling against like the tidal wave, the sort of sloth. You know, it's like people are like, no, I don't want to have to do that. It's like, no, you have to do these things. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, we live in a time where, as a black person, I can say that a lot of a lot of the things that a lot of black people tie themselves to mm. is detrimental to Agreed. black people in, gen- in general. And so, yeah, like, I've been speaking about these things for years, right? And it is a thing of, like I said, we don't know how powerful these things are, mm. right? And the things that are being shown through these screens, right? Generally, to black people, I was watching a video the other day of a nine-year-old boy who was at a strip club who was smacking the ass of a stripper, right? You know? yep. And I'm like, yeah, is that what we want to do, black people? Is that is that what we want to do? Yeah. And the audience was around him, like, Aah! and I was like, okay, yeah, there's a lot. To, to, yeah. to do and so yeah I do find myself in a little bit of an outside position because if I speak on that and say that is negative mm. what is deemed as being quote unquote black is a lot of negativity and so people yeah. try and say oh he's a he's a coon he's a Uncle Tom and I'm like well I don't think I am <laughs> I'm just asking for you to be better than what you are yeah. and I'm saying I'm black too could you please represent me in a better light could yeah. you please represent us in a better light Do you think a lot of this sort of um, culture comes from America? Yes. And how much talk about that? Yeah, we we? did because it was obvious to me at the time. Yeah, and I was just you know like in the inceding years, is is it getting better or worse? This is what's the thing. I've studied African history, Hmm. right? And when I look at the history of Africa, and I look at America, unfortunately, I've said this before. Unfortunately, the African was made into a new African. Mm. with colonization yeah. and slavery. And so what is now exported is a new subculture of what it means to be black. And it's like, mm. no. Yeah, because... Uh, no, that's not you, what we came from. You speak for... Uh, like you can speak to a lot of people from Africa who are not from... Who from are not a product of it. And they're just... I mean, they're really conservative and patriarchal. 100%. Yeah. And so... <laughs> 100%. And it, and it seems to be sort of the American culture it, Americans that is been, not you know it's it, it's, a, it's a lot more feminized Americans have been um, very they've been able to export their culture mm. very well mm. yeah and um, that's just basically what happened they, they've been able to use their quote unquote media machine to export their culture because yeah. when you were saying about early, earlier about how like okay so if Europeans make Jesus white in their own image which mm. of course they do mm. and same with the blacks would make Jesus black in their own image well if you're the it, place of imperium if you're the, the place of power and that gets spread across the world yeah then if it's black culture in america that's getting spread across the world that's not good for anyone right yeah so it's, it's a very great um analogy as well yeah and the way in which you linked it because what it means to be black is to export this ghetto culture ghetto culture yeah. whatever and then what it is to be god mm. is to export that do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like they they're both using mediums to export what they think is Yeah. And so it's it's the same process just in different yeah, eras. Yeah, in different ways. Different yeah, in different areas. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um 
Winpilsika says the problem in Africa is the lack of individual land and property rights. Collectivism, be it Marxist, theocratic, monarchic, allows local leaders to confiscate and own all resources and sell out. Socialism is a massive problem in Africa, obviously. Any questions on that? Any, no, any co- I've said, what is the ideal um, system then? Because uh, I'm not saying that capitalism, socialism, or communism yeah, they've is all, the greatest. They've all got problems. Right. So I'm saying, what is, a great, what is the best system? I'm not sure there is a single best system. Single one. Um, but there's definitely bad ones. Mm. And I think that socialism is definitely one of the bad ones because it allows people to commit theft and pretend they're being good, frankly. What, like capitalism? No, 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 no. Cap- <laughs> ca- I'm, hey, I'm not a capitalist. No, I'm, I'm not, just saying, I'm not saying like people commit theft under capitalism and they're well, being good. Capitalism at least ostensibly criminalizes theft, whereas socialism is predicated on theft. So the socialists would say, no, we need to take their, their land and, and redistribute it. Okay, fair enough. Like, you know, I understand that thing. But the capitalists would at least say, well, no, you've got an entitlement to the things you own, right? Now, I'm not saying there isn't exploitation and all these other things, but socialism, the, the, the ruling principle of it is theft, whereas the ruling principle of capitalism is trade, theoretically. So, um, there's a book. Oh, yes. There's a book called How the West Underdeveloped Africa or How mm-hmm. Europe Underdeveloped Africa, right? And if you read that book, yeah. um, Albert Butler, I believe it was, that wrote it, um, you will see that it's very interesting. What is called theft, mm-hmm. right? Because like you spoke about, Jack Chirac said, oh, they, yeah. we plundered them for... Yeah, yeah. That's theft. Sure. But you now look like the arbiter of Morals of moral high. You had the moral yeah, high no, ground. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Mm. Um, I mean, like imperialism isn't capitalism, right? True. Like I'm not. You know, like. I, but I, they're now linked, though. Sure, they 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 certainly were, and, and certainly because of Britain uh, towards the end of the 19th and early 20th centuries. But the problem is, you've got like historical events that are happening concurrently, that have layers and beginnings and ends that overlap with one another, mm-hmm. right? So. For example, if we look at, say, 20th century capitalism, mm-hmm. it's very, very hard on property rights. Right? So yeah, right. It's very, very... Because that's the, the sort of genuine spirit of capitalism. But once, if you have a sort of legacy imperial system where people are starting to understand that free trade can produce massive wealth, well, you will get exploitation in that system. But the imperialism, imperialism is over now because that was deemed to be immoral, rightly so. But capitalism itself is in the ownership and distribution of goods and property that's not immoral however <laughs> so it persists no, no I, I the thing is i actually agree with you yeah however to get to that point i'm not saying injustice is worth you it. had to yeah you had to be yeah unjust and that's what the validation and, for socialism is because they'll say well hang on a second if a series of unjust events led us to this point then we are justified in doing something unjust in return right we we get to take it and take it back which and things the strength of that argument there is genuine strength of that argument but the problem is, once you're in the mindset of saying, well, we're just going to take these things and that's how it works, yeah. well, that attracts really bad people. Like, uh, that attracts really corrupt people. And so then, that- because this, I don't disagree with you, right? <laughs> what I'm saying is, if, see, people never forget. That's, this is the problem that I think we have. People don't forget. If the Chinese invade tomorrow, Great Britain, right? And five centuries go by, mm-hmm. right? But the English people or the people of the UK, yeah. right, have children, generations, blah, blah, blah. They're never going to forget that the Chinese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, totally. and so they're always going to have some kind of mm-hmm. um, thing against Chinese rule. Absolutely. And Chinese imperialism. And so 
rights. Excuse me. And so if Chinese now are trying to show people, hey, listen, I'm we're the moral people. They're going to be like, you didn't get it like that. Yeah. No, no. Do you know what I'm saying? People never forget. And that's a totally fair critique. Mm. That's the thing. It is a fair critique. Mm. And it's one that the modern liberal doesn't understand because the modern liberal thinks that history begins now. You know, they think yeah, it we're just... Exactly. And so they and they can't recognize that groups of people carry baggage, I guess you call it. Yes. Like they carry their luggage with them, right? Yes. And so like this this thing like I had a debate with Narinda Kaur, and she's a, a Sikh woman uh from India or well not her she's not from India, but her parents are from India. Mm. And she was saying, Well, look, you did this to us. And I'm like, con- on a continuum of being British, yes, you can say that. Mm. But the modern liberal says, Well, I was never there. So I didn't do it. So it's not my responsibility. But that doesn't mean that she then puts the baggage down mm. and then just carries on. And so the question of multiculturalism becomes a really complex one and says, okay, well, why would you bring in a bunch of people who have got all this baggage against you into your country? You know, they should be in their country, right? And that seems to be the only logical way of resolving the problem. I Do you know what's so funny? I was actually having this conversation this morning with somebody. I said, because they were like, all right, so what's the answer to the question? I was like, Everyone go back to where they came from. <laughs> well, the, what's the other answer? You know, and I'm like, not demanding. Everyone it. Like, go back to where they came from. It's a, it's not <laughs> a, because I don't advocate violence, so it's a non-violent way of doing it. Absolutely. Everyone go back to where they came from. I, I, however, sorry to cut that. However, there are some people that have heavily heavy interests in other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who wouldn't want to essentially go back to where they yeah. came from, and that's and that's across the board, white, black. Whoever. Ilhan yeah. Omar comes to mind. Who's that? She's a, what is she, a senator or a, a Somali congresswoman. So she was. Not the one that was. Not the one from America that was championing Somalia to the American That's the people. one. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. the and one. the whole reason she does anything, she was saying to her own community, the whole reason we're here and doing what we do is to influence American policy in the relation to Somalia. Mm, that's crazy. They it's mad. Crap about the United States. Yeah. I'm showing you. I ain't ready for you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All my people. She, she literally Every single called, one of them needs to go back to Somalia. She literally mm. called the president of Somalia my president. And it's like, you're, you're in America. You claim to be an American. You're an elected representative in America. And you're like, yeah, that's my president over there. It's like, sorry, like, how could you not just send her back? Mm. Like, it's mad. But like I said, I'm not saying anyone has to go back, but it's like, it's well, some, some people, she does. She does. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but there are lots of people who don't, who, who've left the baggage behind, right? And the people who leave the baggage behind, okay, fine, they can stay. Obviously, why, you know. But then where do we go? Because I remember, I remember watching the episode that you guys did here on Julius Malema. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so how far do we do, do the white South Africans have to go back to Dutchland? Well, that's the question, right? That's why I'm not saying they that anyone... Have. No, but I'm saying a yeah. lot of them haven't, though. But, that, but John, that's why that's I'm not saying that everyone has to, yeah. right? Mm. But what there are going to be people who it, essentially it's going to have to come down to if you can't leave the baggage of the old world behind, mm-hmm. then you have to go back to the old world. Mm. If you're okay with letting it go and just being a normal person in the country, in the modern country, then then stay. I guess. People don't forget. Well, yeah, but that's the problem. That's the thing. People don't forget. But, but some people do. Some people let it go, you know. Probably a minority. Even if you do, that doesn't mean everyone has. I mean, sure. I'm thinking of the the white people in Zimbabwe. Like, there's a few left, but they know damn well there's a there's a tension between them and the yeah. locals. Mm. And because people don't forget. To your yeah. point, I mean, I it's a weird circumstance because of course they lost the war, but it, and then the whole economy got killed by Mugabe. But they all left. They went to Australia or Canada or the United States mm. or Hong Kong. Mm. They all disappeared throughout the empire. Mm. So uh, we have another super chat by Win Pillseeker saying. Uh, Adolf's government and corporations declared some colonizers check their privilege, redistribute their property. 
democracy is a tyranny of the mob without individual citizens, self-defense, and property rights. Well, that is the libertarian position. I appreciate you uh, interjecting it. Um, uh, the shadow ban says, my issue with this is that the intergenerational punishment aspect to this, uh, F that on principle. Nobody today deserves to be punished for something their great-grandparents did. I'd go a step further and say that collective punishment in general is wrong uh, and give some examples. And that's, I, I don't believe people need to be punished. Well, that's the but the thing is, it takes on the aspect of a punishment, doesn't it? What is mass immigration if not a punishment? Because when you speak to people about this issue, fundamentally, when you get down to the advocates of mass immigration, it's because of the empire or because of slavery or some other bollocks. Yeah, it's your ethnic group did this, therefore you deserve mass immigration. Um, you see, I don't think of it like that. No, no, but there are definitely people who do. Yeah, I, I, I don't think of it like that. I, I. I my thing is, I think it would be very interesting if everyone went back to where they came from, yeah, and left everyone alone. And because I, because I, I personally think I can tell you're a dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, just leave each other alone. Like, leave, leave them alone, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. I just think it's interesting because I think people yeah. flourish and thrive when left alone. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I mean? And I just think everyone leave everyone alone. You look, do everyone do their own thing, and it's like. Yeah. Nah, some people want to have hands in people's stuff. So. Yeah, no, it's totally true. So we did an episode where I went back and it was for the purpose of the immigration debate, checked every manifesto from post-war onwards, both sides, and every single point, of course, both sides were saying we need to limit or halt immigration. Mm -hmm. and they lied the whole way through. Mm -hmm. But one of the funny things I found is I went back to the Labour and Conservative manifesto of the, I think it's 47 or whatever. There's a weird interpretation of the world there that today would obviously be considered basically that, which is the they believed in, okay, we need to leave parts of the world, the British Empire's, it, it's, it's over, boys. But the way they saw race, because they spoke about race, and they said that the racial groups should essentially have their own lands to function their own business. But of course, when you say that today in regards to Europeans, like it's, it's off the table. You're an yeah, but I, I, do you know why I think that is? I think that's because when people say that, um, to say that, okay, cool, these African countries, have your own land, have your own business, blah, blah, blah. You, they've been underdeveloped. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, if I take all of your stuff away and I'm like, oh, I'll leave you alone, you're like, oh, bruv. <laughs> yeah, no, no, which You've underdeveloped me, bruv. <laughs> what do you mean? It's, so it's, like, it's not an unfair critique. Yeah, it's like you. What do you, you mean by underdeveloped? Okay, so uh, the book, uh, the, how, the, how the Europe Underdeveloped Africa, Albert Butler, have a look at it. Um, it shows that there's a direct correlation between the resource wealth or taking of the, like, just like Jack Chirac was saying, the taking of the resource wealth of Africa and the development of Europe. And so um, with the copper, the rubber, the oil, the all of everything else that was taken, there's Europe, an unfair trade. There was an unfair trade, and Europe was able to build themselves up while Africa was being degraded and the people were being degraded, right? And so there is a there's a gap there. And so if I now say, if I've built up all my stuff and I'm like, well, I'm good, you guys do your thing. Yeah. It's just like, hang on a minute, is that fair? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so do and see, see, I'm not a I'm not necessarily an advocate for what do they call um what are the Americans Repair, call Reparations. Reparations and um, what was the, uh, when you, when someone, two people got the same job, but you hired a black one. What do they call it? Oh, then? affirmative action. Affirmative action. Yeah. I'm not necessarily a affirmative action mm. advocate, but I do say if there is an unfair balance because of what you've done, mm. I'm just saying there might be a way in which that has to be repaired. I think um, there might be a way. I, was it Burkina Faso with uh, that chap who's like 
why 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 aren't these what, African the, countries doing this? Right. What what Ibrahim Jaori? Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Because mm. I'm actually not unsympathetic to this position where it's like, well, we should be a sovereign country that has a a, a company that does X thing and then exports whatever resources. Yeah. yeah. But and the control of that should be within Burkina Faso. One hundred percent. I'm not unsympathetic to that at all. Um, you seem to be giving me the look, though. Yeah, he's like, no, he's not supposed to. Well, just good luck. Well, you're a landlocked country with uranium. That's about it. Sure. Like, why do, can't do you know? Be I a... can actually read what you've done. You know, he's the youngest president, hmm. right? Ibrahim Chouri is 35 years old. He's expelled French troops from Burkina Faso. He's banned uranium and gold exports to France and the United States of America. He's aligned with Niger, Guinea, and Mali to defend their region from invaders. That's what he's done. But the thing is, like, he's cutting off good markets for the resource there by saying, look, we're not going to give France uranium. France needs uranium. Uh, but they can also just go and buy it from Canada. Well, that, that's the point. You can, you can make a, a competitive sales pitch. If you're Burkina Faso, right? So capitalism, isn't it? Whereas the opposite, yeah. you actually can't make a competitive sales pitch because you've got nothing. You've got, you're uranium. got uranium. Exactly. Your negotiating position is I have this one resource. And it's like, okay. I mean, unless you sell me. Sure, but, it's, the, but it's essential. Exactly. Yeah, but, well, but if the Canadians are offering it's essential. Because you can buy it from it somewhere 15. else, it's not so essential, which means you then say to Burkina Faso, we're going to pay you a bottom price for it because, quite frankly, it's a pain in the ass to get it from you or whatever. And you've got no negotiating chips. So you just accept the deal. And then, yeah, as Bikini Faso, you're kind of screwed. I mean, you're getting screwed every year selling that stuff because it's not market rate. I mean, but then what can you really do? But the thing is, I would say, I, would, I know that, if you talk about Brexit, I know that people would prefer to stand on their own too and not make that much. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's an to option. Be, than to be under the heel of somebody and be a multi-billionaire. I had this conversation so many times. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, all right, fine. I might not make that much, but at least I've got my own. I'm a sovereign country. That was yeah, literally that's my argument for Brexit. I yeah. don't care if we go back to the Stone Age. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't care. Right. In fact, I might be in favor of that. I don't want to be ruled by the French and the Germans. That's right. just literally it. You know? And I, So I'm actually genuinely sympathetic. Yeah, Bikini I think Faso it's position. great. I think, I think listen. <laughs> of course, that's an argument and a position. It's just not one they're really willing to take. Bikina Faso. I mean, I'm, they're trying it out. Maybe it'll work. Yeah, they're trying it out. Hmm. And that's what I think. I think countries should be able to do things that might F them up and might make them great. I think self-determination is a thing. Like, yeah. you have the, you, you can walk out tomorrow and start smoking and mess your life up if you want. Oh, no, if Rishi Sunak has his bloody <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can start smoking crack if you want. Do you know what I mean? And mess your life up. Or you can do something else. You just Freedom. Um, right, let's go on to the other, other subjects. Uh, Oh, considering uh, concerning MPs fearing for their lives, Justin says, I agree with Sarah. Uh, we have let in far too many people who don't want to integrate. All mm. immigrants tend to hang out with others like them since at first it's familiar. But if they do make an effort to integrate, and if the society makes the effort to integrate them, then they eventually become part of the large culture. But if immigrants can spend their entire lives interacting only with other, other immigrants and not even speaking the native language, then they become a colony. And when that colony becomes large enough, it atten attempts to take over the existing culture. 100%. How is it wrong? Just <laughs> how is it wrong? Like 100%. You can't, you, what's there to disagree with? But you know what's interesting when I say that? Because I'm black, right? God. You probably um, get in less trouble than I do. Oh, I, no, I, no, I get in more trouble. I'm, oh, really? Yeah, because are, are you a race traitor for saying that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 100%. I'm a coon. Oh, yeah. Of I'm course. an Uncle Tom because yeah. I'm not allowed to say things like that. And I'm like, no, because one thing that, seriously, one That's thing mad. that happened when my grandparents came, my grandparents were the Windrush era. Yeah, yeah. They assimilated. Yeah. Do you know what percentage of foreigners the Windrush make up now? No. One percent. 
Really? And yeah. nothing. They're not relevant to the conversation. Wow, my grandparents came on the room. Totally sidelined by literally the last 25 years of immigration. Wow. That's 75% of all immigrants in this country came since Tony Blair. Mm, wow. Man. But yeah, they integrated yeah. or they assimilated yeah. and they said, okay, cool. But this new type of immigration, <laughs> they ain't integrating assimilating with people. Well, what's there to integrate into? Yeah. Because if you go, I'm Bangladeshi. I leave Bangladesh. I go to London. I would. Are you? Let's say I am. And uh, I go to Tower Hamlets. I'm not going to integrate into it. It's majority Bangladeshi. I'll become Bangladeshi. I already am. So what's yeah. going to change? Nothing. You go somewhere well, like natural. the guy said, you, yeah. it becomes a colony. Yeah. And, and you, you naturally gravitate somewhere where you won't recognize the language, the culture, the, the traditions, the customs, the food. You know, there's all these small things that would just naturally make you gravitate to go and live in the Bangladeshi colony. Like, why wouldn't you? Well, like I said, I, I think immigration's fine as long as you limit it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just a shame the conservatives didn't agree with you, really, mm. isn't it? Nick says, uh, I actually have to agree with uh, old mate here. I think it would be foolish to wreck on the past with today's sensibilities. My grandparents would seem extremely bigoted by today's standards. I'm sure a few generations previous, they weren't more liberal. However, we can't be held responsible for things that happened before we existed. Uh, that is true, but also we can't deny that they have a knock-on effect to where we are now. It's like a hangover. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah it's I, like a colonist hangover yeah. or imperialism hangover. I think it, yeah. there, there is something to be said for the fact that it does still exist now. And uh, let's go for one from the current year. Uh, I'm glad Carl, Gavin says, I'm glad Carl mentioned it being sad he killed himself in that way. It's honestly sickening to see the blind hatred people on the internet have towards people they disagree with politically. At the end of the day, these people have families and are your fellow citizens. Also, please consider releasing stickers or an enamel pin on the merch store. Uh, okay, we can, we can think about that. But yeah, I, I just view this guy as being kind of mad, frankly. Driven mad by yeah, the internet and ideology. <sighs> Be You're less sympathetic. Yeah. So there's this footage, probably everyone's seen, of a Saudi wedding where they've all got AKs. And, yeah, uh, I've seen that. Yeah. And the guy buggers up and shoots the bride. Or Jesus! And it's just like... I didn't see that one. I didn't see I, that one. I've seen them firing in the air. But... Yeah, that's someone's yeah, that's family being killed. But like, <laughs> are you all retarded? What did you think was going to happen? Like, you're being not safe with weapons en masse. Yeah. Like, Jeez, can you even imagine? I mean, you're not getting invited the to the happiest stage of your life turned into your death. Yeah, just the work. And if you're surviving family, just crazy. Jesus. Um, Thomas says, our politicians are telling you that at least, unless they feel acutely the problem, they won't deal with the problem. Take the lesson for what it is. And that's, that's totally true, isn't it? Like the politicians weren't going to do a damn thing about all of this until mm. suddenly they're like, oh God, we're afraid in parliament we might get stabbed. Mm. It's like, yeah, well, that's been our lives. Yeah, but the thing they've done is separate themselves. Yes, of course. Like South African politicians who are just like, I don't want to live with the plebs. Like, like Joe Biden. Yeah. Which that means the problem isn't going to get solved. It's going to get worse. In fact, we have the statistics that just before we started. Correct mm. me if I'm wrong. 1.3 or 1.4 million? 1.4. 1.4 million this year. Guess how many of those on work visas? 1.4 million immigrants in last year. How many work, work sorry, visas? What? Last year. 1.4 million people have Im immigrated into this country yeah, in a year. In a year. The Conservatives allowed in 1.4 million. That's why everything's falling apart, to be honest. The but demand how, is just too high. What, 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 what percentage of those do you think are on work visas? <laughs> Three. <laughs> no, it's a bit higher than that. It, it's uh, 25%, 24%. So three quarters of those immigrants aren't going to be working. They're just here to sponge, scrounge. A lot of them are students, so they're here to sponge off the universities. But uh, a lot of them are just dependents who are just going to be taking welfare. So enjoy paying your taxes. You don't even know who's coming in your country, bro. Like, that's I know. crazy. I know, it's mad. And, and Used to be like 100, 200,000, something like that. 
Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm because I look at this via the lens of Wakanda. I know people say, oh, it's a mythical place. I'd say if I ever ran a country or a nation, yeah. do you think I'm just going to be allowing any and everyone in? No way. I don't I, know who you are. I look at this through the lens of the Shire in Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's if like, I ran yeah. this, you guys ain't coming in. <laughs> exactly. Like, heaven is a place with strong borders. That's all I'm saying. Hell has um, open borders. Hell has open borders, exactly. Um, Furious Dan says, a man raised without a purpose will burn himself down to find one, mm. which is totally true. Mm. Oh, but on that note, I know that dude. We are running out of time, so hey. <laughs> if you'd like to promote yourself, tell everyone where to find you. Yes, you guys can all find me at Sarah Garvey on YouTube. As you see, I've got 110,000 subscribers at the moment. I want to get that up to 200,000. Um, and yeah, promote the videos. You guys can see all the videos. You can also catch me on Twitter. Um, yep, yeah, that's my Twitter, uh, The Black Opinion. At Sarah Garvey at 9. Sarah Garvey 9. And also on my Instagram, which is Sarah Garvey underscore, underscore 80. Well, Sarah, oh, that's my old one. Sarah underscore Garvey 81. Um, I can't read at this moment in time. But yeah, um, I'm all over socials. Oh, t- oh my t- TikTok's not there. TikTok's got like 50,000. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, uh, that's me. Mm-hmm. Check me out. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you and goodbye.